Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is episode number 41, and this is Dan Gingas, joined by my friend and colleague, Dan Moriarty. What's going on, Dan? Not much, Dan. What's going on with you? Well, I'm really, really excited for this podcast because this is our first government entity that we've ever featured here on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. And uh, we've been trying to get these guys on for a while and, and really, really excited to have Jennifer Plaze, who is the Director of External Communications at TSA, also known as the Transportation Security Administration. How are you, Jennifer? Good, Dan. Thank you for having us. Well, as I said, we're really excited to have you. I think it's going to be a really interesting story. So pretty much everybody, I think, knows who the TSA is, but why don't you give us an overview anyway? Well, we're responsible for transportation security nationwide, and we green passengers and their baggage, 2.2 million passengers daily as part of our security operations at airports, which is the vast majority of our operations. We you know, have a variety of different parts of our mission, intermodal, uh, trains, ports. We provide transportation security across the U.S. And before we get into what you guys are doing in social media, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how does somebody end up at the TSA? I have been in government for almost 18 years now. I came to the TSA to work in public affairs as the director of external communications. And I oversee several branches as far as our web, social media, our strategic communications, and now our Ask TSA branch. Cool. And obviously, that's what we're primarily here to talk about tonight, Jennifer, is the Ask TSA that has emerged over the last year or so. Do you mind, for those that aren't familiar with what you guys do on social, talking a little bit about the program and how long it's been around and what platforms you guys are on? Yeah, absolutely. So we launched the STSA programs in September of last year. So we're coming up on one year of operations. We had two of our spokespeople who, on their Twitter accounts, were engaging with passengers and helping them providing customer service to them, and we saw that there was an audience there and the appreciation for when we were there to provide guidance, clarify our policies, answer questions, resolve issues, and we really just saw that this was a win-win for TSA to be able to launch a customer care account and help passengers be less frustrated with the process and have a better overall travel experience. So I think that's really great. And I mean, if we're honest, I'm not sure that government generally is is known for awesome customer service. And so I think it's really cool that you guys are taking the lead here. Are there other government organizations that, that are doing this as well? Or are you guys one of the first? I think that we're one of the first, but I think a lot of government organizations are looking at moving into this realm. The United States Postal Service was one of the first in government as well to launch a direct social care account. So yeah, we're excited about it. We're proud of the program 
And we try and work with other government agencies to help them and share some of our best practices as they look at standing up a program similar. So how are you finding consumer response so far? We couldn't be more pleased since we launched, you know, interacting with the passengers in real time, whether it's before, during, or after their travel experience, the appreciation that we're there to listen and to try and clarify some of our policies and procedures for them. We're just really pleased with the program and how it's gone so far. So, Jennifer, I I want to go back to the beginning, not quite of time, but of, of Ask TSA. Dan and I ask a lot of brands about, you know, selling it in the idea of doing social customer service well. And I'm really curious for you, when you decided or when your department decided this is something you needed to do, what was the business case you made internally? What was the approval process like to get this launched? I imagine, again, being a government agency, it's probably pretty different from how it would be for most of the brands we've had on the show. Yes. Well, I mean, we started with getting leadership buy-in that this would be a win-win for TSA. So we started with just a briefing to our leadership, you know, and really letting them know that social media is a place we need to be to interact with passengers, to help them in real time. We do have a call center uh, that will answer inquiries on the phone or by email, but we wanted more of this real-time interaction with passengers. And we also... We saw so many benefits to doing this, just to being able to have the pulse of the traveling public and also to be able to identify trends and operational issues by hearing public, you know, the concerns of the public and being able to address those. And so then, so once you got the the leadership buy-in, what was the next step you guys had to go through? So we established a pretty tight time frame for launching. We put the program together within four months from the time that we briefed leadership. Some of the big parts that we had to put together were putting together a database of some of the responses and from the questions we knew we'd receive, addressing the policy. We worked closely with the airlines, several of the airlines that were already doing this to learn from them and get some of their best practices from when they launched their accounts. So developing that policy, there wasn't one that we could find already existing in government, and we needed a very well-defined policy for managing this program. So the database, the policy, and the staffing. The staffing was very important, as well as the training. We established a four-week training program so that we could focus on social media and customer service, because we did this with... TSA employees who were on detail assignments to us. So we launched as a pilot and we had people join us on detail assignments, TSA employees. And so we were really training them in social media, some of them for the first time, as well as making sure that they had good focus in customer service. And what was the the focus of this pilot? I mean, what what were you looking to see? Was was it a genuine pilot in the sense that you, the company wasn't, or the, the organization, sorry, wasn't fully sold in and continuing to do it? Or was it just like an initial first step and, and the decision had already been made? I think it was an initial first step to make sure the audience was there and that the way we were interacting with them was of value. 
So was, was there certain, certain KPIs or anything you'd set for that pilot period or was it really just seeing, is this going to be a disaster? <laughs> I mean, this was a new realm for us, so we weren't sure what to expect. We definitely did a lot of planning research and talking with other organizations who were already providing social care. But it was, you know, we wanted to stand this up. We wanted to do it quickly. Getting positions in government takes some time and resources are, you know, valued. And doing this as a pilot allowed for us to do it quickly, to bring on details, and to initially have a pilot program, and then from there look at making it permanent and obtaining permanent staffing. Very cool. So, so, so you make the decision you want to do this, you get leadership buy-in, you talk to some airlines and some other companies that are doing this well, you start hiring staff and laying out a pilot. What was day one like? Did you guys announce to the world that you were here or did you just kind of slowly start responding to people that were tweeting about TSA-related issues? That's a very good question. Launch day was very exciting for us. We uh, didn't know what to expect fully, but the audience was there. Um, one of the things we learned from the airlines was not to do a lot of communications around the initial launch so that our team would have time to get their feet under themselves, to learn the platform, to be comfortable responding. So we didn't promote it, and I think that was one of the best things we learned from, from the airlines was to let it grow organically. And right when we launched, we had passengers who, who were sending us good questions um, on day one, and it's just grown from there. So I'm fascinated that you turned to the airlines because certainly they're known as being really best in class at social customer care. So you're learning from the best, which I think is great. I'm interested in the kinds of questions that you guys are seeing. And is there overlap with questions that should be directed to airlines and or do airlines get questions that should be directed to you? Absolutely. So the different types of questions we see are permitted and prohibited items, people who are traveling with disabilities or medical conditions, questions about what types of ID are accepted to be able to fly. And we really focused on providing great services. We wanted it to be unique kind of customer uh, service and we wanted to provide not just responses, but to be able to help passengers resolve issues. So, you know, if someone has left an item like a laptop or their wallet at the checkpoint and they tweet us, they're on the plane, it's ready to take off, oh my goodness, I left this item at the checkpoint, we're able to call over to the airport to help locate that item and then by the time the passenger lands, we've tweeted them, we've located your item, here's how we can get it back to you. Another great service that we can provide is with TSA PreCheck, sometimes members or people who are eligible won't see the PreCheck indicator on their boarding pass. And this happens because they don't enter their name as the same as their PreCheck application or they enter the wrong birthday, they put the known traveler number in the redress field, and we're able to get their information, work with our secure flight team to see what the issue is, why they're not getting pre-check, identify the issue, reach out to the airlines and have them correct it, resubmit the reservation, and then the passenger has pre-check on their boarding pass. So we're able to resolve 100% of the known traveler number issues 
uh, for passengers. Another great thing that they do is they like to send us pictures of different items that they want to know if they can take on the plane, if they can take and check baggage. So that's been a great way that passengers have interacted with us. And things like if you lost or don't have an ID, are you still able to fly? And we're able to walk passengers through that process that we have for identity verification so that if they're on a trip and they lost their ID, they don't need to panic and be worried. We can walk them through what that process is. Well, you just mentioned my favorite government program ever, which is TSA PreCheck. <laughs> and I am both a customer and a big fan. And actually, I have tweeted at uh, Ask TSA and uh, about that program and got a really quick response and helpful response back. So kudos to that. I think that's really, really cool. So just back to that question about sort of the overlap with the airlines, because I would imagine that, that there are some questions that you know people probably misdirect to both you and them. Absolutely. So we, one of the great things about this program is we built very close relationships with the airline social media teams as well as the airport social media teams. And there is overlap in the questions we receive and we work together to improve the overall travel experience for the passenger. And that's been a fantastic part of the program. There's also other agencies who we work with as well. For example, if someone someone may come to us with a passport question, a visa question, so we work with Travel.gov to respond to the passenger and loot them into the conversation. CBP, as far as customs, sometimes passengers will think we're, we're the ones providing uh, customs and we'll loop them into the conversations. But the way we work with the airports and the airlines really improves things for passengers. And it's a really good relationship where if we know something, an airline policy that someone's asking us, we'll clarify that, you know, that's an airline policy, but we'll also answer it if we know the answer and provide a link for the airport or airline. So... We work very closely. So, Jennifer, what channels do you guys cover? When we initially launched, we were on Twitter. And just last week, we launched Facebook Messenger to respond to passengers on Facebook Messenger. I don't know if you heard, but that was a round of applause I was giving over here. <laughs> so, Thank so you. Talk, talk to us a little bit about your, your foray into messaging. How's that been? It's been amazing. It's been one week and we've had more than 2,000 passenger inquiries on Facebook Messenger. How have you been telling people that you're there? We've been promoting it on our website, our social media platform, with a blog post. So that's how we're initially promoting it. We also did a news article with USA Today. And are you seeing different types of questions on Messenger than you were seeing on Twitter? Uh, The difference we see with Facebook Messenger is we have a lot more detailed and direct questions. On Twitter, we receive a lot of comments and thoughts more than the direct questions. Facebook has been all direct questions. So, Jennifer, I'm going to apologize in advance for asking this question, but obviously the last six months or so probably haven't been the easiest times inside TSA. How has that impacted you guys on social? Some of the challenges that we've had at TSA over the past few months with longer lines at the checkpoints, we did see definitely an uptick in passenger concerns on our social media accounts. And we're able to 
work directly with the passengers to let them know that we're working on the situation and we're addressing it. So I think that was helpful to passengers. Definitely major improvements. We're not having any issues right now with long lines. Our lines are all less than 30 minutes or 92% of them are less than 15 minutes as far as the wait times. So it was something that we had addressed on social media. Uh, But one of the great things that we're able to do as well is that we're in contact with the airports. So if we see complaints that are coming in at a particular airport, we're able to reach out and see if there's an issue that's causing the long, long line so that we can inform passengers. We're able to work with our incident command center, who, which has been stood up due to the longer lines to address them and to make sure we have resources deployed to the airports. And we're able to let them know if we see a trend at a particular airport, longer lines, and able to quickly address it and bring in resources to help. So does this affect your staffing model? Because you were saying it was it was hard to hire people or it was a long process to hire people. And so when something happens and volumes go up, what do you guys have to do differently or how do you react? Right now, we bring on additional details. So all of our employees are TSA employees and they come from very diverse backgrounds. We have members of our team who have worked in the airport environment and are officers who have been in the airport and interacting with passengers, and they're able to bring that expertise to our program. We have TSA employees from acquisitions and training. We've had federal air marshals who have been part of our team, people from global strategies, and they all bring this different expertise to our team and are able to help us help customers in a better way. That's really cool. I I remember, I mean, we've obviously interviewed a lot of brands and I remember early on we were interviewing a a clothing brand and the woman we were talking to was talking about how, you know, she was a customer before she joined the company. And then Dan and I started asking that of other people. And it seemed like it was somewhat of a theme that, that people that get into social media and specifically social care usually have some sort of affinity for the brand and that's why they want to do it. And I hadn't really thought of that uh, from a government perspective. I think it's really neat that you're bringing in people who have other roles there and, and maybe this isn't their full-time job, but they, they definitely bring an interesting experience and can, you know, hopefully relate to a, a passenger better. Yes. We really value the expertise that our team members have brought to us. We've had people who have worked in customer service at airports and the customer service aspect is really the heart of what we do and our team and their diversity has been of great value to our program. We, our team works at the Transportation Security Operations Center, which is the nerve center of transportation intelligence, and uh, it provides us access to know what's going on across the nation at our airports, aware of any issues that arise. So have you started doing any sort of proactive alerts when you have issues in order to kind of stem the tide of incoming questions? Yeah, we've looked at um, providing travel tips or travel alerts. We've done a few. 
on our platform, and we're looking at doing more of that to benefit passengers as we move forward. Cool. And we always like to ask people if they can share with us a particularly memorable interaction with a customer. Um, you know, the one that you kind of sent to your boss saying, you know, see, this was a great idea. Or the one you put up in the bulletin board or in the break room or something like that, just because it's one that makes your day. Can you share that with us? Yeah. Oh, well, we've had a few memorable experiences with passengers. One that comes to mind is a young autistic passenger who wrote to us and said he was really excited about a trip he was going on, but the only thing holding him back was his fear of going through security at the airport. And we had several messages back and forth with this passenger, clarifying and walking him through the process from the time you get to the document checker to what's going to happen and what you need to divest when you're going through security, what our technology does, and really trying to make the process, help him understand the process. And then at the same time, we're able to let him know about TSA CARES, and that's a program where we're able to meet a passenger at the checkpoint and help them through the process as well. That's great. The, the other question, Jennifer, we like to ask everyone is no one gets into social customer care deliberately. It's, it's not something that has college courses or anything like that. So most people really, as Dan was saying earlier, get into it through you know, passion for the brand, a passion for technology, customer service, whatever it might be. But as a result, we find most people really are learning on the job. You know, they start it because they see the need and then they're kind of learning what works. So with that said, you know, what have you learned over the last year or so of Ask TSA that you wish you'd known back when you were having those initial conversations with your boss that you think would have made your life a little bit easier? I think one of the, the things that surprised us was how many or the variety of unique items that people ask us if they can bring on a plane or in check baggage. There's just so many items, things that we haven't even heard about before. For instance, when hoverboards started becoming popular, we were getting a lot of questions about those. And because of the issues with them starting on fire, FAA had guidance put out on them. Airlines had their own guidance that these items would be allowed in the cabin or underneath the plane. So just working on all these different items and figuring out the policies and procedures and are you allowed to fly with these items? All right. So one more bonus question for you, Jennifer, and then we'll let you go. What do you think is going to happen next? If we sit down and talk with you in a year, what's going to have changed and, and evolved between, you know, from now until then? Well, I think that us being on Facebook Messenger, we're able to reach such a larger audience. So I think that both on Twitter and Facebook Messenger, the in number of inquiries we receive will continue to grow. I think that we're really focused on making sure that we have a network that's well set up within TSA to provide the best services we can to passengers. We have 17 program offices within TSA and making sure that we have POCs and groups that will support us being able to help the passengers in different ways. I think that's going to grow and expand. 
Awesome. Uh, well, it took us uh, only 41 episodes to get our first uh, U.S. government agency on the podcast, but we are very happy that it was you, Jennifer. Jennifer Plose, who is a director of external communications at the TSA. You can find them on Twitter at AskTSA. You can also now find them on Facebook Messenger at AskTSA. Try it out next time you're traveling. They're doing a great job of responding to passenger questions. So, Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, being with us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. We appreciate it as well. Thanks, Jennifer. And we also appreciate you listeners for joining us every episode. And as always, please use our hashtag FOCS to let us know of other brands or other government agencies that are doing a great job on social media in terms of customer service. And we'll be happy to reach out to them and get them on a future episode. For Dan Moriarty, this is Dan Gingas. Thanks very much for joining us on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.